Before we begin, a reminder that nothing on this podcast is intended as a statement of faith, doctrine, or fellowship, and this podcast is not affiliated with any church, school, or calling body. What's up, gents? My name is Charlie Ungemach, and you are listening to an episode of the Gird Up Broadcast. Now, the dudes are going to join me in just a minute, and we got a lot of great content coming your way. But before we do that, I just want to say thank you to all those who help support the Gird Up Project here. All of our content at Gird Up is available free to anyone anywhere in the world who might benefit from our message, and we want to keep it that way. But we also have to rely then upon the contributions of our listeners to do so. You'll never see any paywalls or exclusive content here at Gird Up. That being said, it does cost us money to put a show like this together. So if you find what we're doing here valuable and you enjoy the broadcast and you're willing and able to do so, please go to www.girdupministries.com, click on the menu, and select Buy Us a Cup of Coffee. That $5 donation goes a long way towards keeping this podcast going and it helps us reach and minister to many more men just like you. Hope you enjoy the broadcast today. Let's get to it. Gentlemen, you're listening to the Gird Up Broadcast. This one's coming out on the 29th of October in 2022. My name is Charlie Ungemach, joined by Gustav Wenz and Zach Shoreline. Good. All right. <laughs> nice. Good. You answered correctly. <laughs> you got, you're, you're off to a great start. I'm so good at this. <laughs> Shoreline's been on before. If you want to hear more personal information about him, go listen to that episode. We don't have time for that right now. To listen to that episode? Uh, no, I thought you said we were going to listen to that episode right now. Uh, no, we just don't have time to talk about Shoreline. Oh. He's just not that interesting. Whoa. I'm not. I'm not. That's preferred. <laughs> I like it that way. <laughs> He's one of my favorite military men. Come on. Of the... F- well... I yeah. know a few. Yeah, I know, I know you few. know a few. I was thinking about on campus. I was like, of the four on campus. I know, it's but, increasing. It the, is definitely the increasing. The Forgotten Country Scholarship keeps getting smaller and smaller for each individual. <laughs> so... He joined for the money, and now the money's going away. It's disappeared. <laughs> <coughs> Story of everyone. That's there you life, go. I guess. I don't... Yeah. Well, that could be your <laughs> could be your shout out. <laughs> shout out to the guy in the kitchen. Anyway. All right. Shout outs. Uh, Gus, you want to start? Shout out to my hot ones for giving us burritos this morning. Yeah, the burritos are fantastic. It's clutch, bro. Yeah, that was yeah you're move. welcome. Yeah. No, they're all they always slap. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing like a good breakfast burrito. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say a uh, shout-out to MLC for all their scholarships. They'd be really hooking me up these days. Yeah, me too. Me too. Uh, I was going to shout-out Flandreau State Park. been spending a whole bunch of time hiking out there. Because I, <laughs> I give plasma, I have a hard time lifting at the end of the day. Um, and so instead of trying to force myself to lift and getting all pukey and weird and gross, uh, I've just been like swimming or hiking on those other days. And, uh, yeah, Flandreau is a great place to do that. So, yeah. Yeah, thank nice. you. Nice. <clears throat> um, thank you to my sister Annalise. Uh, she uh, gave me some solid advice the other day, which I mean isn't abnormal. It's just normally I don't acknowledge it. <laughs> it's uh, weird that she said something wise. <laughs> yeah, I've been noticing that a lot of the women in my life say some very wise stuff, and I don't give them enough credit. Hmm. And uh, yeah, so now I'm starting to reflect on that more. 
And we just became even more misogynist. Well, no, I'm becoming less misogynist. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, oh. We've never been misogynist, but we still get accused. I personally get hey, accused well, of it okay, all the time. Okay, well, yeah. Well, I mean, Dang we, it, now I'm under the umbrella. Yeah, yeah if you came out saying, oh, I don't like heed the advice of women, like well, that seems it was, pretty no, like, okay, yeah. It's not like that. I mean, okay. <laughs> well, anyway. I don't usually pay any attention to what they say. <laughs> try, try to get yourself out of this hole. <laughs> try to get yourself out of this hole. <laughs> Go ahead, Charlene. <laughs> uh, no, my thank you is going to be to you guys for bringing me back onto this. This is fun. It's a good time. Yeah, dude. Oh. Uh, so we get varying degrees of people listening, like as far as numbers. Sometimes we get thousands, sometimes we get hundreds, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just think this is completely worthwhile to do. Like mm-hmm. just yeah. content like this, geared at young men, um, in our spe- like a lot of there's a lot of Christian content out there too. But in kind of our theological space, the narrow Lutheran middle, there's really not a lot geared at young people. Boom, there you go. Young so. men heed my uh, <clears throat> example and do better than I did. And learn yeah, how to no, I, yeah, both respect and listen to the <laughs> women in your lives before you're 22. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I probably would have done better off if I'd have listened to the women in my life before I was. Yeah. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Yeah, my um, thank you. <laughs> See, I was telling you they don't have to be like super personal. My, my thank you's to layers because it's getting cold. Dude, yeah, <laughs> it's getting oh, yeah. cold. It's not. It's not well, like cold yet. It isn't cold, well, yeah, but it's see? getting cold. Okay, yeah, and, and we said this like what? It was uh, almost five podcasts ago. We were like, oh. Pretty soon it's you're gonna so be hearing hot, us complain uh, about how cold it yeah. is. We're not complaining. <laughs> it's like we just like the layers. <laughs> yeah, like genuinely like the layers, dude. Like it leveled. You got so many more style options when you got three layers on than just the one. You know. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I feel like I look good in layers. It yeah, helps me, me hide my gut, hide my gut a little bit. <laughs> and then also, it's just like a great style opportunity. Also, yeah. I bought these Nordic si- socks, and I love the way they look. Or those, oh, yeah, those pattern style. ones that you yeah. were showing me the other day. Yeah, dude. Nice. They don't quite fit my feet, but they look good. So. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I got meaty feet. Fair enough. Yeah. All right, Gus, you want to get into the news? <clears throat> All righty. So we've got two big articles, and then we've got a couple that pertain to things we've talked about before. All right. Um. So... According to the National Assessment of Education Program uh, Progress Exam, U.S. students across the country and demographic groups have experienced setbacks in both math and reading. Those scores dropped most sharply among minority children. In math, only 26% of eighth graders tested proficient, uh, in quotes, down from 34% in 2019, representing the steepest decline in the test's near 30-year history. Uh, the test dubbed the Nation's Report Card offers the first comprehensive nationwide account of student performance since the, pandem- since the pandemic and has given the most definitive indictment yet of its impact on kids. Um, typically, officials preach caution about drawing conclusions from results like this, but were quick to call out pandemic learning disruptions, school closures, remote learning outbreaks as That's a major an cause. <laughs> yeah, students. Uh, I dude, as a teacher who taught through the pandemic, it's an excuse. Now, granted, the pandemic t- pandemic is rough, but now we've got we're a year and a half past that. Um, I, <clears throat> we should be behind. We shouldn't be this much behind. Yeah. Well, and uh, I'm and not. It's gonna, also not students' fault that teachers aren't teaching. And I'm not going to use any of the uh, 
names of the places that I'm talking about, but I have an uncle who teaches um, back home, and they ended up they ended up uh, like I think it was the graduating year of 2020 or something. They passed almost they passed all their students, even though f- literally 50 over 50 percent of the senior class didn't have the GPA to pass whatsoever. Like that's what that class that's what that school's known for though. So it's like they like it's it's a weird thing. Is that they're a known school? For passing? <laughs> well, yeah. no, they're known for not having like the students not being proficient. Oh, right. And because no well, and normally yeah. they would be forced, well not forced necessarily, but they would actually keep the kids for another year. But since we were under the whole pandemic stuff, they were like, "Oh, it's okay." We'll let them buy. And that's actually one of the things I am kind of okay with is like, look, <clears throat> but there's just no way we're going to re-educate millions of kids mm-hmm. and catch them up. Like, you're talking about literally 50% of the high school seniors in the United States. Mm-hmm. Should we be in this position? No. Can we, we can get all into the politics and weirdness of it. But none of that addresses the fact that these kids aren't quite ready to graduate from high school. Right. I would say that's an acceptable idea and response. I would argue against that same response, though, in, like, fourth grade. If you're in fourth grade and you're not ready for fifth grade and they pass you on, now you're already setting that kid up for failure for the rest of his life. If you've got a junior in high school or a senior in high school who isn't quite meeting the standard, then it's not COVID that isn't letting them meet the standard. You're not learning, quote-unquote, learning new skills your second, your, your last two years of high school, you're just polishing the top of an education you've already gotten. Like you're just getting ready for college. And what's the last pieces of information I need before I get there? We're taking civics. Um, you know, we're we're taking any advanced math classes. We're finishing up our gen eds that we haven't taken. That's not that's not like preparation for the world. That's just finishing this off so we met all the government requirements. Let's yeah. be honest. Yeah. It's a whole different thing when you're in third grade and you're just passing kids on. And making excuses for them, and that's that's where I, that's where I say we just gotta stop making excuses, and we need to find a way to get these kids educated. And I can say that because I'm a teacher. <laughs> yeah, I have no I input. understand I why people get <laughs> yeah. all weird about like, you know, teachers' jobs are hard. Okay, here's the deal: our kids are behind every other country. Like we are, there we are one of the lowest as far as academic, academics go, and testing and uh, growth from one year to the next. We're at the bottom of top tier countries like the only countries that don't beat us out are third world countries Mm. or close to it Mm. like why because we are making excuses for all of it we just constantly make excuses for all of it and right now the republicans are all going to town on like woke stuff and why are we spending a half an hour a day teaching you know like you know socio or what what's the right word well basically talking about feelings Mm. it's like yeah but that's that half an hour a day it adds up over time but what about all the other issues you know what i wonder i wonder how that's not the only issue yeah something that came to my mind is like how different is discipline in schools in nations that are academically far and above us well they don't worship their kids Mm. yeah and i feel like they're not afraid to use the you know use the ruler Give him a little smack on the wrist kind of thing. I don't know. I could be wrong. I mean, I 
I don't wish that that happened to me as a kid in, in school, sure. but like I, I wish I had like seen what that was like in a oh school. Oh my goodness! You know? Yeah, I remember one time when I was in high school, uh, one of our teachers he straight up threw a chair across the classroom, and we all really focused after that. <laughs> it was well, actually, no, it wasn't a chair. He threw a pen, and it exploded. Like he threw a pen on his desk so hard that it blew up onto the window and all over his computer, and we were like, "Oh wow." We uh, need to do better. No, yeah. Like, I definitely had a teacher where <clears throat> throwing stuff across the room. Yeah. But I had left on, a, like, a, with a hall pass right beforehand. Mm-hmm. So I came in to him throwing stuff across the room. So I didn't know what the backstory on why he did it. But, yeah. you know, that's, that terrifies a group of third and fourth graders for sure. Yeah, You'll no. listen all day. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, the teacher actually, he threw a chair at a wrestling meet. That's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> Well, hey, not had... to stereotype wrestling coaches, but... <laughs> See, it's interesting to hear you guys say that because... Well, you, you so you went to boarding school for high school, right? And that's what you're talking yes. about. And you went to public high school. Yeah. And actually, I don't your school too, right? Yeah, yeah I, I was public thought. all the way. Yeah. yeah. So then uh, my in my situation where your dad's the pastor and he hears about everything that happens in the classroom, like that was a really... I would... A lot of people look at that as a negative thing. I think it's a really good thing because there were like all the way along the way... It didn't take somebody yelling and screaming. It didn't take. I don't. Maybe mm-hmm. it did for other kids, and maybe other kids weren't getting the same level of discipline. But you know, the teachers not only are working with my dad, but they're friends with my dad. Mm. And so when I would get in trouble during school, uh, they would yeah. communicate really well, yep, yep, yep. and they would take care of it. And it didn't have to be something that got blown way out of the water, where you're throwing pens and you're, you know, getting mm. whoopings at home or whatever it is, because all the adults in my life were all kind of organized. And, and I know that's kind of the perfect situation mm. where you have the right adults doing it, uh, like facilitating that. And then you also are, I, I mean, I know I'm in a very unique situation to have, you know, a cult worker parent who works really well with and communicates really well with really good cult worker, mm. other cult workers. And we just happen to be really blessed at, at that moment in time with all that. It doesn't always work that well, but. Right. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> Do you have one last comment on that, Zach? I saw you leaning. No. Oh, okay. He was leaning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, on Monday, Attorney General Merrick Garland announced charges against 13 alleged Chinese spies trying to unlawfully exert influence in the United States on China's behalf across three different cases. Case number one, two Chinese intelligence officers paid $61,000 for confidential information about the United States prosecution in uh, Huawei, H-U-A-W-E-I. Is that how you say that? Maybe. Okay. I don't know. A Chinese telecommunications company accused of secretly sharing data with the Chinese government. The person said... <laughs> Sorry, my favorite part of the news is just listening one... you struggle through all the names every week. <laughs> that was only one name. It's, yeah, I know, okay. but more will come. <laughs> well, stuff like indictment, or, you know. Or, yeah. yeah. Mm, sh- <laughs> I'm pretty sure he said on that We don't know. We don't know what happened. Uh... Anyway, uh, the person they paid was working undercover for the FBI. Oops. Uh, uh, case number two. <laughs> seven Chinese. <laughs> case number two. Seven Chinese nationals were charged with trying to threaten and force a Chinese-born U.S. resident into returning to China. In case number three, four people were charged with targeting people in the U.S. to act on China's behalf. Uh, these charges come at a time of increased tension between the U.S. and China. You don't say. Yeah, I do say. You're welcome. <laughs> um, 
All right, so moving on. Uh, Yay uh, is in the news game. You already just formally known as Kanye West. Yeah, yeah. Did you? Okay, we we were saying Yee before, weren't we? And then I've only recently heard on several other podcasts <laughs> that were it's actually pronounced Yee? Yay. I knew it was well because it's just the second well, half of his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I know there are people like listening to the podcast that are just cringing every time you guys say like Yee. If we or say Yee, anyway. <laughs> like, ah, so ah. Adidas has ended its partnership with Yay, calling his recent anti-Semitic comments unacceptable, hateful, and dangerous. Yay has also been dropped by his talent agency, the fashion house Balenciaga, and Gap prompting Forbes to erase $1.5 billion from his estimated net worth. Uh, yeah, so now he's not on the billionaires list. I don't think he cares. I, I don't either, but it's just kind of interesting, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. What did he actually Do you remember what he actually said? It was something about, uh, you know what, I don't want to misquote it, so let's just look it up real quick. And while you're looking that up, I'll read the next uh, article that I wanted to share. Um, WNBA star Brittany Griner, who has been jailed in Russia since February on drug charges, had her appeal of a nine-year prison sentence denied yesterday. Oof. That's Charlie, I, I know that you didn't hear that. What did you say? Okay. <laughs> Brittany Griner just had her appeal of the nine-year sentence denied. Oh, jeez. <laughs> but also, you tried to sneak illegal drugs into a communist country. Right. I yeah, mean, I'm not saying she deserves nine years for that. No, definitely not. But yeah, so uh, the WNBA Players Association said she is very clearly a hostage because WNBA is able to interpret international <laughs> politics very well. Um, U.S. officials have said they expect Griner will be eventually released <laughs> in a prisoner swap. So that's kind of kind of crazy. Yeah, but are we really going to trade like a war criminal or a t- domestic terrorist or something for a basketball player who tried to sneak illegal drugs into a foreign country? She's really good. <laughs> yeah, in the <laughs> WNBA. She's like the WNBA star. Like, I, I, I know it sounds <laughs> like I don't feel for her. Like, I definitely feel for her. Like, it sucks that you're in a Russian jail. You Don't mess with Russia. Like, what's the... ah? Yeah, I don't know. I it j- ah, I just have I have feelings about this. Like it's just the ultimate level of entitlement. Like forget about all the things she said about the United States in the past or how big it is and whatever it is. Like because people are trying to play that up as like just let her rot there and let her learn a lesson. I'm not saying that Whoa, at yeah. all. I'm not saying that at all. But I am saying, like, as a country, we can't be making political sacrifices to get this woman back. Like we have, we should do everything we can to get her back as soon as possible. But we can't put the United States in a vulnerable position. For example, with a prisoner exchange or something. Like if it's some, if it's somebody that you know got charged with drunk driving or something in the United States. Not diminishing the drunk driving, but if somebody that like, you know, a minor felony in the United States. Let's say they shoplifted something. Like sure, go ahead and make the trade. But if we're giving up like some major political something for Brittany Griner that, that that'll make me upset yeah like if somebody's getting sprung from Guantanamo Bay to bring back Brittany <laughs> Griner uh, that's that's not gonna make me happy 
I don't think it would make anybody happy. But yeah, yeah. except for Brittany. No, the Russians. Oh yeah, the Russians. So on to Russia then. Russia has accused Ukraine and its allies of preparing to use an illegal dirty bomb, one laced with radioactive material, on its own territory in order to blame Moscow for the resulting contamination. Ukraine and Western officials say the transparently false allegations are merely a pretext for es- escalating the war. That's a good play. That's a, that's a good play on uh, Russia's part. Be like, hey, you know, he's about to throw a bomb and then throw a bomb yourself and be like, they were going to blame us. It wasn't us. <laughs> you know, I told you. Like, that's a power move on their part. I, I have thoughts. What are they? I don't like thinking. <laughs> so you don't have thoughts? I don't know. It's like, yeah, I, I guess. Okay, wasn't... <clears throat> You gotta stop moving so away from the mic or maybe, ah, man, I thought I, I, I just don't understand Ukrainian, the Ukrainian government, let alone the Russian government, like what the dynamic actually is like. And I don't think that's anything any of us America's can, Americans can ever understand fully. Um, but it's like, I've heard people say things like, oh, well, you know, their government's already so corrupt anyway. And then you hear Ooh, people Ukraine? say, yeah, Ukraine. And then you hear people say, well, no, like, otherwise we wouldn't be helping them and, like there's several several different things that you hear and it's just kind of it's i don't know i guess there's no reason for it to be understandable to the per, to a regular everyday yeah. person but it's just it's just kind of crazy yeah are you are you saying like but yeah what you, you I don't, don't know. understand i don't know i get yeah dynamic, I, but yeah i guess is that purely a power move on russia's part to then to to lay those allegations and then make it be false or was there i mean ukraine had some kind of suicide bomber blow up a bridge right that's what that was wasn't it or am i missing suicide bomber i thought it was some kind of bomb bomber i knew it was a bomb i didn't it, it wasn't a suicide bomber i'm not sure see that's another well, so one here's that we the need thing to is look at russia again. is trying really is a, is a propaganda machine obviously right. and they're employing all these soviet tactics that <laughs> i mean it's I feel like from a, you know, like 10-mile viewpoint or whatever, you know, from, tw- hey, there we go, from 10,000-foot view up here in the States watching this from across the sea, mm-hmm. we can kind of see this propaganda. But if you were on the ground yeah. in Ukraine and you're hearing all these things about your government governmental leaders mm-hmm. and what Russia will do for you and all that kind of st- like the stuff that they're spitting that just sounds like nonsense to us. We're like, you're an idiot. Why are you even saying these things? Mm-hmm. Why are you accusing everybody of these things? But it's chaos on the ground, mm-hmm. and so you're just hearing this stuff like through the grapevine. You're not necessarily turning on your TV every night and going like, "Oh, that's nonsense." Or, like it's creating chaos, which suits the Russians. Yeah. So I just the quick result when you look up the bridge bomb stuff. So it wasn't. Yeah, the Ukraine government didn't take public responsibility whatsoever for the explosion that took out the bridge, but they just applauded the fact that it happened. So, I mean, yeah. So. I guess that yeah, makes at the same it time it was a better. major victory for the Ukrainian government. So I have a hard time believing they weren't somehow involved, you know. And yeah. why wouldn't you? I feel like that maybe that's what you're saying is why wouldn't you just claim involvement? Right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's Harry, Zach. You're a military pretty, man. What are your thoughts? Uh, I haven't been keeping up with the news, so I have no clue well, about this situation. I, feel, yeah, I don't Fair really enough. know as much as I. Sh- I don't really know yeah. enough to be talking about it intelligently either. But I feel yeah. like. What what I've thought a couple of times is it feels like both sides are trying so hard to be in the moral right, 
that they won't just say like, look, we're going to do everything we can to keep our country. Like Ukraine saying, we're going to do everything in our power to keep our country intact. And we have the right to do so because we're a sovereign nation and you can't come here and do this. Instead of making like this moral argument about, you know, whatever yeah. it is. And again, I know that's easy to say from this side of things. But to me, that's what it looks again. That's what exactly what Russia is doing is saying we're this is our country and these are our people and we're just taking them back. And you've got these two sides that are trying to portray themselves in a moral right instead of just saying like huh, this is my country. I think a lot of that has to do with it. like American influence on on the actual war because American support is going to go wherever Americans believe the moral right is because we true. have this weird sense of well, the oh, whole we're Western morally correct. world even yeah yeah we just. <laughs> We establish moral morality. Like there, there are American soldiers that are going across seas to help fight with Ukraine because they think Ukraine's right, in the yeah, moral right. Like they wouldn't do that if they didn't think Ukraine was actually like morally correct in that yeah. situation. Yeah, which I think most Americans would agree on. This is this is a sovereign nation, and Russia just mm. kind of came came in, and they've clearly been thinking about doing it for a long time, and now they've failed, and they just continue to bombard. So. Yeah, all right. Well, we better keep moving on. Mm-hmm. What comes next? Bros of Bibles. Bibles. There we go. All right, so we're talking about the summary of the Ten Commandments today. So if you're familiar with the small catechism, um, you know that Luther did write up a little chunk in there, and we all memorized it. And um... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, we it's did. in there somewhere. <laughs> and we all memorized it as a part of confirmation class. And Charlie's going to start the reciting like, of it. No, <laughs> no, I'm not. See, that's why I'm bringing it up. Uh, so, in his large catechism, he doesn't include that as one of the chief parts because oh. um, the large catechism isn't designed to be memorized by a bunch of kids, like the small catechism is. Um, and so, that part that we memorized is basically just a small summary of what he says in about eight pages in the large catechism. Um, so, I just kind of highlighted a couple of things that uh, Luther, a couple of statements Luther makes um, that are directly applicable to us. So, um, he makes it very, very clear right off the bat uh, in his summary of the Ten Commandments that the Ten Commandments are the summary of the law. So there is no deed or conduct outside of the Ten Commandments by which we please or honor God. And so um, there is nothing else that we add to the list. Like if I can keep the Ten Commandments perfectly, then I have no sin. Therefore, there is nothing outside of the Ten Commandments that you can add to it and somehow honor and please God by adding something to the list. Um, then he went hard on monasticism, and he went hard on like the modern Pharisees. He didn't actually use the word Pharisees, um, but he went hard on that idea as well because at the point that he's putting this together, they've already started to have some heresies and things developed within the Protestant tradition. Well, it wasn't a tradition yet. It was just the Protestant church that was emerging from the Catholic church. Um, and so I actually wrote a paper on monasticism over fall break last week, and it was that like it was really eye opening because in, in our brains I think we almost romanticize it you know like just cloistering ourselves and spending all day in prayer and we know enough about Luther to be like yeah it's not always great but you know the whole point of monasticism is I'm going to make myself equal to God and therefore earn his um, earn his favor and I can so a true monastic or even a true Catholic uh, like a true Roman Catholic would say I can hope for justification by the blood of Jesus after I die, or I can be guaranteed salvation by becoming like God in this life and earning his favor in this life, and I don't even have to hope 
for the for you know and so then that's where the language comes in where they say things like you know i do the best i can and jesus does the rest it's that idea of i'm gonna <laughs> i when you're saying that you're basically already saying i know i'm not going to be holy enough to go to heaven on my own so i'm just kind of hoping jesus fills in the rest of the gaps which is a terrifying proposition because what if i don't what if i'm not good enough and jesus doesn't cover enough for me to end up in heaven and then you end up with teachings like purgatory and all that kind of crazy stuff it's not just a catholic issue though because mm-hmm. if you look at modern evangelicalism, that's that's what popped into my brain for sure, is this whole process of sanctification that we have to go through, mm-hmm. where now I feel God, and I have to have a personal relationship with God, and you've got this giant list of things that say, well, this is what that means, right? Mm-hmm. And even the idea of um, communion as something I do for God, not something God does for me, and we like to talk about communion as something God does for me, but in a lot of places... That act of fellowship is a good deed that you're doing so that you can be in favor with God, so that you can be more blessed with blessings, so that you can, you know, whatever. I, I encountered a, uh, I encountered somebody in the last couple of years whose church taught that uh, baptism doesn't really do anything. It, it marks you as God's child. So, like, once you come to faith and you're old enough that you can say, hey, I believe in Jesus— then you can be baptized. That really doesn't do anything. It doesn't impart the Spirit. Um, but it does mark you as a Christian. And God essentially honors that and says, okay, you're a Christian now. And then it's like Israel crossing the um, was the Red Sea. No. Yeah, the Red Sea mm-hmm. into the wilderness. And now you're in the wilderness. And while you're in the wilderness, then that's the work of sanctification, right? So you become more and more like God and you're um being refined by the Spirit, and once you've been sanctified enough or refined enough by the Spirit, then you can cross the Jordan River into the Promised Land where God pours out His Spirit on you. And that doesn't sound, I mean, yeah, there's some red flags in there, but it doesn't sound crazy until you start thinking about the idea that I don't get the gift of the Spirit, which the Scripture says is salvation, until I'm good enough for it. How is that any better than Catholicism or Calvinism, Right? Um, and so um, Luther went out of his way to very, very boldly state that there's absolutely nothing outside of the Ten Commandments which could please or honor God. Thoughts on that? Uh, no, yeah, it's it's heartbreaking to have that, to know that that point of view is out there because that really incredibly pervasive. Yeah, it, it's it's very understandable. Like that's why every other religion in history has always had this idea of there's got to be something that we're doing. And it's, it's unfortunate that there are these, these sects and, and, and Catholicism where they're taking this gift of Christianity and, and making it just like every other religion in a sense, because it, it is the free forgiveness that we receive immediately that, that makes Christianity so much different. And it's heartbreaking to see that. And I didn't think about this until right now, but you think about Solomon and some of these other kings and different points in Israel's history where they slowly but surely start to adopt the practices of other gods. Mm-hmm. And it's really easy to look at that as modern Christians and be like, we don't do that. But you think about that, what they're doing is saying, yeah, this is how I worship my God. This is how we worship the true God. But that looks like a good way to worship God, too. And there might be something to that. Or even just that looks enjoyable. Or maybe our God would enjoy that too. Mm-hmm. And things slowly get pulled in. And then all of a sudden we end up completely corrupted. But the same thing is happening in the modern church. Mm-hmm. Is we've got scripture, but then we see other pagan practices. Yeah. And we say, well, I, we could bring that. I, 
we literally have brought spiritualism. Like that's yeah, people but, are bold see, about the idea of bringing spiritualism in. I'm reli- spiritual, but not religious, and I love Jesus. What does that mean? Well, I'm, I, I don't really want to practice Christianity, but I'm kind of hoping that the blood of Jesus can cover something. Mm-hmm. No, and that's that's what I was going to note, too, like uh, Eastern mysticism-type uh, religious practices. You know, I mean, uh, for a long time, and I think just as things normally go in our society, when something new comes along, everybody's, like, either super wary about it or they embrace it immediately. <laughs> and, I mean... You know, those Eastern spiritual practices, everybody freaked out about. Like in the 70s and 80s, you know, that was like the rise of Satanism as well uh, for that little time period. You know, back when people thought Dungeons and Dragons was going to make you go to hell kind of deal. Um, but, like, you look at that and how it's the not... These were rough, man. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> man, dude, there was so much going on. But, I mean, you think about how we... Where we are now compared to then, right? We... A lot of churches adopted, like they see this benefit in that, well, this they perceive a benefit in practicing these different meditative uh, type states. And I mean, I'm sure none of them would say like explicitly that they're adopting Eastern practices, but it definitely is like, oh yeah, we're trying to get in touch, you know, like we want to feel God. You want to feel God. And so, therefore, you know, like you have to do these things, you know, you have to sit in this way, you have to be in this state of mind and, yeah, you know. And, and we can say, oh, I don't do any of that. Yeah, but you've got, a, you know, crystals sitting on your desk <laughs> to help you get good vibes in your room and you check Minor your horoscope quartz. every once in a while. And, you know, like, you, even if you don't intensely practice these things, the ramifications are still left in our culture and even in Christian yeah. culture to this day. And it's it's super easy to fall into that. If I don't feel like I'm mm. connected with God, then you're you're mm. not and that part part of that goes into what you were saying before about baptism. If you don't have a, a good understanding on what baptism really really signifies or does, sorry. Um then you start to realize that if you don't have a good one <laughs> Wow, sorry. If you don't have a good idea on what baptism really really is for you, then you don't have a good idea on on what really is having that saving faith because then your faith becomes something that you feel and something connected to your emotions which changes so so often. Right. So when you have that good idea on on baptism, you have that strong knowledge of just no, I am saved like this. Well, and then there's the flip side of that, right? Like there are churches then that also go on and teach uh baptism's the golden ticket. Yeah. That'll get you where you need to, like, that's going to send you straight to heaven. Yeah. Once you're baptized, you're locked in. The sacraments There's are no more important out. than faith. Yeah, so it's like you got the flip sides of the coin. And, Shout you out know. to Josh Bannock for saying it in Symbolics on Monday. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he was giving a presentation. He wasn't claiming it. <laughs> anyway, go ahead, guess. No, I mean, I was, yeah. No, I was just saying, it's like, you got, that's one of the things we've got to learn to practice is finding the yeah. true understanding of baptism from the scriptures. Right. Well, and then bringing it back to, and you make a valid, <clears throat> a really good point. Um, and so taking it back from, uh, from these grand gestures of faith, right, mm. which would, that's where we would put baptism if it's not treated appropriately and communion and all these other rules that they throw in. Like the Ten Commandments aren't flashy. They're not exciting. They're not like, they're not sexy. They're just normal, everyday, this is how, like, it's just civil rules, right? Domestic duties. Mm. Um, and we don't really, 
like in our society we don't even regard them as a thing it's just like basic behaviors or if that even right which it's, is kind of interesting right because at the time that moses like god gave them to moses like the nations around them like that is not at all what their mindsets were they had such a skewed form of moral mm-hmm. right and wrong in society and but, yeah, and I feel like society is moving back towards that. Mm. Um, yeah, but these things aren't flashy, they're not exciting, and it doesn't feel like I'm doing great things for God. And that makes me wonder then what else can I do for God? True. Um, and that's, I mean, that's exactly where the Pharisees in Scripture, that's the stance that they came from. So the Pharisees claim that they're so good at following the laws and the commands of God that they had to add more, mm-hmm. right? And I'm sure they would argue with that idea, but that's basically what's going on. Right, and so then they add more in order to elevate themselves, and then you make everybody else feel guilty. By the way, because you're not keeping all these extra laws that I am. So not only am I keeping the, all the main laws, but I'm keeping a bunch of extra ones too. And then that defies God because now you're saying, "Look, your rules are good, but here's some other stuff I want to do for you too." Because you just don't know enough um, to understand what you can really get out of me, kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, if you really want to be glorified, I got some other stuff I can give you. Right? Instead of just saying, "I'm going to walk humbly with God." Um, and then, so that's that's where, if you are familiar with the small catechism, he quotes, I, Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, those who reject my commandments. But show, because he says that when he's giving the Ten Commandments, right? So those who reject my commandments are those who hate me. But showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. That's all I need from you. I don't even need that from you. That's all I want from you is keep my commandments walk faithfully with me now i can't i know you can't do that and so i'm gonna send a savior instead and our works become not about justification but about my response to being justified outside of works <clears throat> cool 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 yeah i would say the last thing we've said this before um but just point out that jesus when he was asked to summarize the law summarized it as two things love the lord your god with all your heart soul mind and strength and love your neighbor as yourself and that's what we clearly see in the Ten Commandments. Is the first couple of them are all about how do I love God, and the last seven or eight of them, depending on how you number them, is how do I love my neighbor. Mm-hmm. So love God and love your neighbor, and cling to Jesus for for justification and salvation. Amen. It's a pretty simple life to live. It's an awesome life to live. It's a great life to live. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, let me pull my. Here we go. Come on, Charlie. You're Sorry. not prepared for trivia. Shut up. Did somebody give you a good site yet? <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, my actually, here's my strategy: is I had just typed in Bible baseball questions, and it's a list of a hundred questions. We're gonna see if we can find some decent questions in here. You ready? Well, I don't, okay. All right. Go for it. Yep. Right, well, we'll keep it. We'll keep it to it. All right, was, here we go. So. Well, because it's so hard to find. Well, I was just going to say, pay, maybe you should talk to Professor Sharf. I feel like Professor Sharf has Bible questions on deck. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's not like we go to school with a bunch of people who yeah, would be able to know. provide us Bible it's not. It's not like we're studying Scripture <laughs> full-time or something. Yeah. All right, hit us with it. All right, name the king that brought Daniel to Babylon. Yeah, you didn't touch me. It's Nebuchadnezzar. Oh, dang it. Dude. All right, fair. Fine. Nebuchadnezzar too. <sighs> I don't know. Is he? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure it's two. Anyway, move uh, on. Monster guy. Maybe one. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Did I answer that too fast? <laughs> <laughs> All right. What book of the Bible does not mention God? Esther. Oh, All right, come on. Come on. 
Hey, to be fair, okay, let's answer them slower so that the audience has time, <laughs> has time to think about it. Off. Just what's up? Come on. Yeah. I, yeah. I study these things, but then it's going to be like a generic easy question. I'm going to be like, I, I don't well, know. Well, that's usually how it goes. Uh, that was always like the fun fact in, in my grade school. Where our, third gra- our third grade teacher would be like, just so you know, this 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 book right here. A uh, little, little knowledge I got in college, and I get it. I get why he does that. You know? <laughs> Okay, how many books of the Bible did the Apostle John write? I'm feeling five. My answer's four. It's five. Oh, Shoreline okay. gets gets the goods. Uh, are we gonna? I it doesn't John, say what John, they are. John, John, John. <laughs> yep, John? the four Johns and then Revelation. Oh yeah, ah, there it is. Yes, yeah. I wasn't sure which was the yeah. Yeah, I like how he actually did some legwork, and you're like, four feels like a good number. <laughs> He's like kind of looks in his head, <laughs> and you're like this many fingers. Anyway, uh, oh, ooh, this one's a, this one, this one's a, a controversial one. You ready for oh, this? Boy. True or false? Jesus is and has always been eternal. Yeah. True. True. Yeah. Well, True. I'm just saying, there's there's a whole bunch of people who you can't sell this game to now because they're gonna get all upset. Fair I mean, enough. That's accurate. I, yeah. I like whoever wrote these questions, though. They got decent theology. <laughs> <laughs> They're not an Aryan. How do you say Aryanist? Aryanist? Oh, probably just Aryanist. Aryanist is like. They're not Aryan. They're not like. They're not Aryanist. They're not like. What's like the the person Arian? form of Aryanism? You just said Aryanism. Aryan. Yeah, but like, how do you say like the person that believes in Aryanist? Maybe. I, I want to say Ar- Arianist, but it, Arian? it, didn't, it didn't feel well, right. Yeah, I can say an Arian. <laughs> it's Arist. All right, my but bad. I feel like the name shouldn't be shorter than the guy's name. Arist passes. You know, like Luther ran, you added letters. If you said Arian, yeah, it's got to be Arians. Even but isn't that just like, like German people? Isn't that like... I don't know. <laughs> isn't that like question. the blonde hair, blue eye thing that? Okay, so you're Ooh. talking about Arianism. Those are Jehovah's Witnesses. That's what, what you no, that, that's, well, no, not, that's, that's not true either. at all. Yeah, you looked it up on the internet. Yeah. It doesn't make it right. <laughs> it says a form the of internet it. Internet is not it's always right. <laughs> all right. All right. That's a form okay. of it. Have you taken symbolic? Please tell me you haven't taken symbolic. I, I sure I have taken have symbolic. You took symbolic and you still okay. Never mind. Okay. Sorry, I'm coming at you hard today. Who was the son that boasted about seeing his father naked? Oh, oh, it was one of Noah's kids. It was. You could Ham. say, yeah. I was yeah. gonna say, you could say he really went. Oh. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. Upgrade from baloney. <laughs> Who led the rebellion at Babel? At like the the tower. It's one of my favorite names from. It's one of my favorite names from the. Uh, this is a home run, by the way, for Bible baseball. It's one of my favorite names in the, in the Old Testament. Uh, I don't know what Babel is. I You're should... talking about Babel that the Tower of Babel was in, right? I know. That's that's all that's I have in That's the only Babel mind. I'm thinking of. I didn't realize there was another Babel. Because then I would just say <clears throat> God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, uh, my rebellion he's the son it... of Cush and therefore the great-grandson of Noah. So Okay, so he's the guy that was like... He's the king oh, in the land of Shinar. Let's. He was the guy that had the idea on having a tower at Babel. Is what you're saying? Later, oh, 
I'm now disappointed again. Here's what Wikipedia says. Later extra-biblical traditions identified this guy as the ruler who commissioned the construction of the Tower of Babel, which led to his reputation as a king who was rebellious against God. Okay. So it's extra-biblical. Oh, well, okay then. Yeah, no mm-hmm. idea. Um, he is mentioned in the Old Testament, though. Melchizedek. No. Nimrod. Uh, Nimrod. Oh, okay. Nimrod. Yeah. So he's in the he's in the line of Noah, and he is mentioned, um, but apparently that account is extra biblical. I wonder if it's an apocryphal book, and that's why it gets counted as part of Bible the Bible, or if it's just I don't know. Well, yeah, that's interesting. Well, here's another one that's wrong. Jeez, it's so hard to find good Bible trivia questions. It says, "Who did Jesus bring back to life and then weep?" Hmm. He didn't. He brought him. He wept, and then he brought him back to life. <sighs> I mean, he could have wept again. Doesn't he might have, have wept again. Yeah, yeah, yeah but the implication is that he doesn't. Yeah, yeah. All right. Oh, here's a good one. Well, <laughs> here's a good question. Which of David's sons raped his sister? And that sparked the whole Absalom thing. Absalom? Yeah. <laughs> no. uh, Absalom was taking revenge so then, on which brother? Half-brother. I don't know. He became king later. I'm just throwing words out now. Amnon. 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 Mm. Yeah. Okay. And then the one right below that is who was Solomon's father. These are so inconsistent. David. David. Give it to me. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Last question. I started off so strong with Esther and then just fell off the wagon. <laughs> Who wrote that the tongue is a little member that is set on fire and that no one can tame? This feels like an old time prophet. Who wrote that the tongue is a little member or a small part of your body that is set on fire that no man can tame? Mm. Feels Elijah-ish. I'm going to say... Wait, did you say it's Old Testament or did Hmm. you give us that? No, I said said Old Testament. I don't... See, because I feel like this is about to be like a trick question. Like, Jesus said it, but <laughs> um, I'm just going to say, like, Paul. Yeah. That's a good guess. It's James. Oh, I bet. James. Paul's boss. I mean, also God is Paul's boss. <laughs> <laughs> and then the one below that is named the queen that Esther replaced. Nobody's going to know that off the top of their head unless you're like an mm. Esther scholar. Anyway. All right. Good work, gentlemen. Okay. Top three. This week we're doing top three Bible-related or Christian faith-related Halloween costumes. Christian-related, Bible-related Halloween costumes. What you got? Goliath. You get some stilts. <clears throat> you dress up as Goliath. You get, like, some three-foot little... You, you know what I'm Yeah, about. or you just stand next to a short guy. Or you yeah. bring a short guy around a good with you. Have like them dress up as father David. Son, father-son uh, costume, too. Yeah. And you have him reenacted over and over again. Like, and he just throws Ooh. rocks at your head. All day on Halloween. Just throwing rocks at your head. All right, sure, what you got? Elisha. You just uh, mm-hmm. wear a bald cap. That's about it. Oh, nice, yeah. And you could be like, be the modern, like you'd be like hipster Elisha. Yeah. And so you could have like a bald cap on and then be like a. <laughs> like yeah. have like a sweater carrying a like <laughs> coffee mug around. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Or, uh, yeah, anyway. I was going to say you could. Uh, somehow you get like Elijah to dress up to, and you can walk around. You can be a student, and mm. 
Yeah. Anyway, okay. Yeah, my, most of mine are partner costumes. So <laughs> my first idea was two foxes. You could tie your tails together and put a torch between them. Oh, that Ooh, actually that's is that great. not that's a great yeah, Halloween costume? It's great, and so you got to yeah. go to the bathroom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah then it's kind of strange. But. Yeah, but you can put out the fire. <laughs> but yeah, just in case anybody doesn't recognize that reference, it's one of the stories of Samson. Mm-hmm. That would be really cool. Well, and then you could also dress up as Samson. You could, well, but... And then carry around a donkey job. Here's a question. Yeah, you could. Um, here's a question. Do you think Samson was ripped? No. Yo, okay. I, who was, I was talking to somebody, uh, or somebody was talking to me. I heard this idea that perhaps the reason why Samson was so great and so famous was that he didn't look as though he should be as strong as he was. And that's what was so, like, incredible about his strength was the fact that he might have just been a regular looking dude who could like just legitimately lift anything out of nowhere kind of kind I kind of like that idea yeah yeah I mean I mean who's to say but that I also was a love theory the idea of him looking like Arnold Schwarzenegger and just being <laughs> yeah. this fearsome presence yeah. and also yeah. apparently women just threw themselves at him right so understandable you know? yeah is he like, got super strength he, that's why i'm saying like maybe he looked like arnold Schwarzenegger. i mean it's not as though either way it's cool flabby, but it's almost it's all i mean it's obviously in your brain it would be more miraculous if he was like some little pipsqueak right he's just lifting like tearing the gate off of a city and walking up the hill with it mm. and he's like 110 pounds yeah that'd sure. be kind of cool well i guess what i'm saying is it's like you look strong but what if you were incredibly strong mm-hmm. and you look the same way that you look you know what i mean yeah you saying I'm not incredibly strong? I say you look strong. Do I? I mean... Well, thanks, Barrow. <laughs> that was a sweet but, uh, moment not, I just not, I mean, you're clearly not Samson strong, <laughs> but yeah. You know, All right. Yeah. What's your second one? Oh, uh, my second one, uh, Caesar. Okay, yeah. I mean... Throw on a toga. Any kind of Roman, really. Mm-hmm. You could do Roman. Yeah, and if somebody else shows up as Caesar, you can just say, oh, I'm Pilate. Yeah, boom. Yeah. There you go. And keep washing your hands. <laughs> oh jeez, that'd be uh, fun. Oh, oh he just has hand sanitizer. <laughs> <laughs> His blood is not on my hand. Okay, it doesn't work. Maybe well. that's not funny. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's funny. <laughs> All right, Zach, what you got? Um, I was thinking like a, a semi-realistic angel, and you just cover yourself with googly eyes. Oh yeah, or yes. like just or you have hands several. and feet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> tons, and tons of hands and feet. You have three three different sets of wings. <laughs> the side <laughs> of your head is a different face. Yeah, yeah, that'd be crazy. There you go. You'd look like yeah. the, uh, the creatures from Spy Kids. A yeah. biblically descriptive angel. Yeah, or or even just the simple like one set of hand, one set of wings covering your hands, one set of wings covering your feet, and one set of wings covering your face. Mm. Yeah. You know, crazy. It would be crazy. It'd be hard to walk around like that, but mm-hmm. yeah. Which I tried to stick with just a googly. Oh, eyes, here's another like question: Did they have another set of wings with which they were flying? I don't remember. Uh, no, I it was said, it was so one covering head, one covering feet, feet and then they were then flying. They weren't covering. Oh, they weren't covering their faces. Yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah. I did like your flying motion. They were, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, were just, they were just covering their eyes, which I guess kind of implies uh, yeah. like facial cover. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> I, I was really tongue in cheek with these. So my next one is David and Michael. And the question is, how do you know it's David? Because he's carrying around a big old garbage bag that just is marked with foreskins. Uh, <laughs> just says nice. 100 foreskins. Or what, 300? 100? I, I think it's 100. Yeah. So David just dressed up as a king and queen. <laughs> walking around with a big bag that says Philistine that foreskins would be controversial. On it. You would, people would ask. People would, yeah, you'd be like, oh, I'm David, <laughs> and this is my wife, and I just won her. 
with a hundred Philistine foreskins. Wait, I thought you said. Well, I thought Michael was with you. No, you Michael. Said. Michael was a. Oh, his oh, wife. Oh, yeah. Saul. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. 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 You, you get him mixed up with Jonathan, I think. In this yeah. Moment. Yeah. I forgot yeah. what his name was. We could have a Jonathan too, who's like counting the foreskins. <laughs> oh, jeez! <laughs> You're my best friend now, bro. Oh my god! Oh, dude! You no, like... no, you do a David and Saul, and like the whole night, you have like Nerf guns with the Velcro, <laughs> oh, and like you're trying to, yeah. Oh, that's uh, good. Yeah. Uh? And every time you get a shot at at uh, Saul, you make a big deal about it. I could have shot you, but <laughs> yeah. I didn't. Yeah, you cut off like a piece of his skirt or whatever his costume. Yeah. There you go. Uh, I like that. <laughs> All right. Uh, the next one I was thinking about was it uh, the Oracle of Naphtali? What, there was an Oracle mentioned somewhere. I can't remember, but like you dress up as an Oracle, okay? Some kind of witch type situation. Also, what was the one witch? His name? I can't remember. The Talk about like Bar Jesus, the guy in the New Testament, or the guy in the Old Testament. I thought there was like Balaam, a, or like the witch that's all into. Or... Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what good because I don't know the name. Oh, okay. Anyway, <laughs> anyway well, but you can be Solomon the witch, and it's yeah, yeah. Be the I guess if you wanted to, I, I don't think they ever really said a name, didn't they? I think they just said like the medium at and then whatever city yeah. she was chilling. Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah, so he just was the city, but but yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, hey, Esther doesn't mention God though. Remember that. Yeah. <laughs> I knew that. All right. That, that was that. me. Right. I mean, if you didn't want to have to overly explain your costume, you know, just dressing up as a witch. There were mm-hmm. witches in the Bible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Sure, you got one last one? Uh, I didn't come up with anything really clever for my last one. It was just like two tablets. You just walk around. Walk around oh, with emotions. Yeah, yeah. And you just yeah. fall. Yeah. You just, when yeah. you want to leave, you just start tearing it up, fall, walk away, whatever you want yeah, to do. Yeah, throw them on the ground and walk out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like that. You got an exit plan right there. Uh, my, my, I, I kind of had a tie for my last two. You got to go with the classic Martin Luther, right? Mm-hmm. Just nailing stuff on walls mm-hmm. all night long, right? Yeah. Or <laughs> you could be a charismatic youth pastor. I feel like that might be the most fun one. Yeah, like put on the fake glasses and the, the Bass Pro Shops hat and the skinny jeans <laughs> and just go around and make, preach really weird, bad theologically just confusing sermons or just get really hooked on the word therefore just like therefore sit i love there that word i love that for. word because <laughs> it means that just something came before it. separating people yeah well and then what's one of my favorite because it's so it's cringy but it's also true walking around with thinly sliced pizza all the time <laughs> <laughs> no i was gonna say that there's those all the the uh not memes but like instagram reels it's like the youth pastor that just got married. He's talking about how awesome sex with his wife is. Oh, it's yeah. just so cringy. And I, but I've heard people do it, and it's just. A, but you could walk around you, if you dress up like the cringy youth pastor. You could be just walking around going like, "You two need to dance further apart." But let me tell you, man, once you get married, you're just like, oh, nah. stop doing it, people. Blessings abound. Stop doing it, people. All right, our text for today comes from. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 to 21, which say, Be careful, then, how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speak to each other with, no, speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. 
word. Anything? I, I kept on having like ideas, but then it, he, there's more. Yeah. I feel like I was kind of overwhelmed with where to start on that one. Yeah. Well, my gut reaction when I read it for the first time was like, uh, this feels really darky. Like, just imagine. Like, so we we're studying to be pastors, right? And we all know some dudes that are just like over the top with the like my brother in Christ and all that weirdness, right? I'm not saying we mm-hmm. shouldn't call each other brothers in Christ, but like you're addressing each other that way. Sometimes they do it sarcastically and ironically, right? But there are genuinely some guys who are just like, this is how I'm going to greet my brothers from now on. Mm. Um, but so you, he says, um, instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. Like, if you took that incredibly literally and like only ever spoke the Word of God and only ever... You know, spoken hymns and songs, and just never had any hobbies or anything. Because like, there are people that go over the top like that, and try and take this too. Huh, I don't want to say too literally. Do you guys understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, there's like a cringy way to do this. Yeah, and well, it's all. I say it's all. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say something that I was thinking about with that line, with the verse 19, right? Speaking another with psalms, hymns, and songs of the spirit. Um, it just made me think of Professor Paustian, right? I mean, how often, like. How often do you hear him say, whenever in any conversation, he's he always likes to quote this one, the Ephesians, uh, what is it, eighteen, right? How how wide, how long, and how high, and how deep is the love of Christ? Like, I think the point is, is like speak to each other with the truth, like whatever you say, whether it's literal quotes from the Bible or you're just in conversation, your words should reflect what the Bible says to some extent, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Oh, and uh, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, and yeah. so that I'm making myself uncomfortable because I don't want to go too far and say we shouldn't live like that. But there's a mm. bunch of people that try too hard, and instead of just simply meditating on a word and letting the word guide everything that I do and be the center and foundation of my life and all that, mm. instead they like force it upon other people and make it again like a pious example of like, look how godly I am. I will mm. greet you as my brother in Christ, and. <laughs> that drives me nuts. In, in a weird way, it almost reflects on what we were talking about before. Mm-hmm. On people around them are like, "Oh man, I should, I should probably start addressing yeah. my my brothers as brothers now." Yeah, but, yeah. and then it also then, yeah, you know, we we shouldn't be. I don't think we should be too concerned about it, but also recognize that pious examples like that, then we'll often make other people. Um, doubt their own salvation and their own commitment to yeah. God and things like that because they're seeing you go above and beyond what is actually expected by Scripture and then say, how come I'm not like that? Right? That's a trap yeah. for pastors too. So then I, I think something that we should then try to establish for our listeners, right, is like how do we go about living a life that is emblematic of speaking that love that is clear in Scripture, you know, speaking from the Spirit. Songs from the Spirit. I read right, a book to one another. I read a book last summer where it was a, it was a guy who served as a Texas state um, executioner, essentially. So he, he wasn't the guy that pushed the button, but he like worked on death row, and he was yeah, a death yeah, row prison guard. Yes, yeah. and the book is awesome. I can't remember what it's called, but the book is awesome. Um, but one of the things he talked about was prayer closets and the idea that um, when he first started working at the penitentiary, he would often just go in a broom closet like when he was getting overwhelmed. And just pray for a couple of minutes. And then eventually, the more mature he got in his faith and the more comfortable he was 
on death row with these inmates, he would it would he wouldn't even go into the closet anymore. He would just find like a quiet corner somewhere, or whatever it might be, and have a conversation. And he would talk about a conversation from the moment he woke up in the morning till he went to sleep at night. He was just constantly in conversation with God. Um, and God's a part of every conversation. He's a part of every interaction. And it doesn't mean that you're necessarily acknowledging him and like pretending to put your arm around him or something. Um, and you're not bringing him up in every conversation. But he's because of the way you're constantly communicating with him. Like when you end one conversation, you say, "Lord, thanks for helping that go well." Or, "Lord, I hope that my, you know that kind of stuff." You're just constantly in conversation with your heavenly Father. Um, and if you're doing that, then the Spirit will guide your way. Mm. That's one thought. Yeah. It. Uh, I mean, daily devotions to our... It makes me think about something that I read about where someone was saying, I read so much of this one author that I tend to think similarly as the author writes, right? So if we find ourselves in the Word, thinking about what what God wants me to do, and it'll just reflect in the way we speak and and how we treat each other in love. And uh, I I don't think it's a word... It's not a problem about oh, I got to say the right words that they reflect my thankfulness. Mm-hmm. But if you're thankful, your words will just reflect that yeah. regardless. And you hear stories of people sometimes that'll say like, I, um, I was really negative all the time. I was getting depressed and all that. And then I, when people started asking me like, how are you doing today? I would say, like, I'm blessed. And it was a good reminder. Now, there's a difference between a good reminder for yourself. So like I say, I'm living the dream all the time. And yeah, sometimes it comes off as like almost dismissive. Mm-hmm. All right. But it's also... It's anybody that pushes me on it, I'm ready to come back with, like, I study the word every day, and I'm surrounded by people that love me. I work at a brewery on weekends. Like, it doesn't get any better than this. I love this. I really am living my dream right now. Um, and there's a difference between that and, like, you know, I'm blessed, brother. I'm just like, okay. It's like, I'm ministering to you by greeting. Like, you're welcome for me reminding you how blessed I am and therefore how blessed you are. Yeah. Like, there's a big difference between those two things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't got anything else. On that. Right. Well, that's fine because we're just about to run out of time here. Gus, uh, anything? Uh, no, I don't, I don't think so. <clears throat> no, no, well, no, I guess. I don't, know, I don't know. I guess you do see a lot of those people and I guess something maybe I guess I don't know I don't know our listener base fully but it's like I like to think that we're reaching people who don't get to have constant um yeah you know uh constantly have God's word in their life or positive influences there in their life of what without doing it intentionally right you know and so yeah I don't know I guess I I would encourage like figuring out how to talk appropriately with one another and in turn being able to share your knowledge of the scripture with one another you know well here's here's something that popped into my brain Mm -hmm. is not just letting people hear about jesus from you but see Mm -hmm. jesus in you there you go let people see jesus in you every day yeah and on a more positive note anyway Yeah. Yeah. yeah all right they should certainly hear about jesus from your lips yeah but more important maybe not more importantly just as importantly yeah. I don't know. So your actions, I'm not too worried about the percentages. and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. It's 48%. More. I mean, it's probably like 55-45, right? Like it's got to be. Which one's the yeah. 55? I'm not going to tell you. I mean, it's just you, like but... learning about God and nature. Is it really enough to be saved? No. So at some point, you got to give them the gospel. But they're probably going to be more receptive to the gospel if they can see Jesus in your daily life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, gentlemen. Love you all. Thanks, Charlene, for being on the show. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. God bless you all. 
Uh, what am I supposed to say? Uh, go be oh, the man. Oh, go be the man that God created you to be. We'll see you next time. On behalf of all those involved in producing, recording, editing, and distributing this episode, thank you for listening to the Gird Up Podcast. If you'd like to contact us with comments, questions, or suggestions, you can reach out to us at any of the links in the description below or on our website. Please consider supporting the work of Gird Up Ministries by donating on Patreon, shopping at our online store, or making a $5 cup of coffee donation at www.girdupministries.com. Those donations help us make more great content just like this for young men just like you. Make sure you like, friend, follow, and subscribe to Gird Up and all of our guests on your social media platforms and consider leaving a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to the Gird Up podcast so that others can find us and be blessed by our content too. As always, thanks for listening. Now go and be the man that God created you to be. We'll see you next time.